0: All right. Welcome to 2017. You're listening to A Minor Detail brought to you by Eric Beasley and Ryan Miner. So we are back. We took a brief break. It's nice to be back. I hope everyone is rested and enjoyed the holidays. Eric, what about you? Did you do anything exciting over the holidays?
1: I did my best to avoid doing anything at all, but uh, unfortunately, my uh, wife and friends decided to do something. So. Oh, what did did, he do? Did you guys go to California or did you stay here? Oh no, no, we stayed here. Like we went to California last year, um, but uh, no, we don't go to California every year. Honestly, airfare is too expensive, and like um, my Elise and I decided that trying to take two kids, you know, Mm -hmm. under three was going to be insanity. It's hard to do it. It's hard. Yeah, you know now. If if we now if we had a nice train system in this country that we could get on a train and it would take less than eight days to go to California like I would have done that but uh, you know we're not yeah. we're not that lucky.
0: Actually, that's a great idea. I think we should. Th-
1: there's like some
0: train out there. My understanding is it's like two hundred and sixty-five dollars, but it it probably takes like two weeks to go from D.C. to what California. But I know that's out there. Yeah, I think it, there's. Yeah. I
1: know the one you're talking about, that's the line we looked at. You actually can go from D.C. to Chicago, and then basically you go through Chicago, um, like Salt Lake, Reno, Sacramento, and then you land in San Francisco. Wow. And it's like – I think it, it's scheduled for like a four-and-a-half-day four train ride. But the problem is, is that there's so much freight going over those lines that Amtrak has a, much, has a lower priority. So your train ends yeah. up getting stopped throughout the entire trip to make way for the freight rail. So most of the trips end up being more like six or eight days. And it was one of those where we were just like, you know, like it would be fun, but man, like, yeah, no, not until, not until the boys are older. Yeah. I don't blame you. I mean, I would
0: want to get out and see the cities and visit the, you know, the local watering holes, the, the restaurants, the local dives, that would be my prerogative in traveling across country. But if I had to stay on a train for an uncomfortable train for Six days, I would be miserable. No thanks. Yeah.
1: Well, and you, you got to nope. remember too. Honestly, once you get past Omaha, there ain't much out there. Um, nope. uh, we've, me and Elise nope. actually did that drive many years ago, and I tell you what, Ooh. we went. F- it was like Omaha to Salt Lake. There's nothing. It's gorgeous, but it's wow. flat farm nothingness. Um, there's the Cabela's world headquarters out there, um, but that's about uh, that's it. Oh, that's a cool place. I used to get yeah. the the Cabela's catalogs,
0: and I would circle things for my parents to buy me for Christmas and birthdays. I I never really got what I wanted because every I mean Kabellas is nice stuff but they I used to get the uh I don't know if you remember I was a boy scout I was uh, I used to get the old oh, yeah. Campmore magazines I used to get the old uh the paper Campmore magazines and they would come they were periodicals so they would come I don't know every Every couple months, and when you would get these things, they you would you would circle and highlight, and there was some pretty cool stuff. But I used to be heavily into camping, surprisingly. But I can't kid Kim; she won't go camping. She's her idea of camping is staying in a hotel. So it's oh no time. come on! I'll
1: have to bring you guys out Telling to the Darkon you. Camp out sometime. That'll be uh,
0: I'm sure Kim would love that. Well, I want to take I you know Kim and I were talking because you know of course we're we're tying the knot this year and we're. Playing we're planning our wedding, and and as you have seen yesterday, everybody likes to give their goddamn input about our wedding. Um, Don Murphy, and you know, I, I I hear what he was saying about getting married at a courthouse to save money. Sure, that's fine, great, but look, I mean, I I have to I have to do what the bride wants to do, and she ain't getting married at a courthouse, and she's over in the hey, kitchen look, right
1: now looking at. You know, I'm just saying. If you guys wanted to have a really fun wedding, I could probably get the entire Avengers together and have the Avengers Mm. officiate your ceremony. Um, I'm sure I I got a friend. Well, I mean, I I could obviously. Well, I could be Thor. I mean, I've got like half the stuff already. I'm sure I could find a Captain America, Iron Man. You know, that'd be Black Widow. That'd be that'd be easy.
0: If you married us in a Captain America outfit, I would. Kim, Kim said no. She's saying no. Okay. Him saying no and shaking her fin- finger in the kitchen, but apparently we learned something it's, unique yesterday in that our good friend of the show Joe Stefan is, is like a retired minister. Did you know that,
1: Eric? No, no, but I think what he was mentioning was because you, know, you can go online and become a an minister of like these basically like you know internet churches uh, in order to get. In order to be able to marry people, so I mean, that'd be that'd be great. Look, you could have you we could you could get Joe Stephens to dress up as the Joker, and then I could dress up as Batman, and then we could have Mm. this like epic brawl like in the middle of your wedding. I think that'd be I I think that'd be a blast.
0: Kim, can we have an epic brawl between Batman and the Joker and Captain America preceding the wedding?
1: Is that feasible? She's giving me a look. I don't want to get you too much trouble because there's no way uh, there's uh, no way she's gonna go for that one.
0: She said unless they're willing, they're wearing Lily Pulitzer. Oh, okay, all right, Kim. Whatever, you can't. It's my wedding too. So anyway,
1: well, you can always, always have a fun wedding and then you can have a serious one later.
0: I know. Well, you're definitely gonna be there, and it's gonna be a lot of fun, but that's down the road. That's not going to be until like October or November. So we're looking at all these different venues and Kim and I are doing a lot of the legwork. So we're, you know, look, we're, we're doing this on a, on a serious budget and uh, it's, it's going to, but it's still going to be a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm excited. It'll be fun. That's 20, that's 2017, but we're going to start out by talking about 2016 and talk about the best and the worst of what happened in Maryland, about what happened in, I don't know, politics, and um, we'll go down the list. I, I just remember last year at this time, Eric, they Republicans and CD6 had their first debate at uh, the Gaithersburg, um, the uh, Holiday Inn. And um, they – you know, there was eight candidates. They were all lined up. And I have to say I'm impressed by the candidates actually showing up to these debates. It's hard to get – Eight Republicans in any place, you know, and and the room was packed. But I, I remember yeah. the worst of tw- the worst of 2016, Eric, was the horrendous placement of the MD of the Montgomery County GOP banner that was hanging <laughs> yes, by the, blue tape.
1: The blue duct tape, the, like that's yeah, oh, it, it's it, yeah, that was like I don't know. I mean, I'm not surprised because it's Montgomery County, but still, it was like. Blue duct tape, like seriously. There's has to be. Look, it's in Gaithersburg. <laughs> there has to be a Radio Shack or a Walmart or something like within a mile. All right, so somebody right. should have gone and got some, you know, clear tape at least, because that was yeah. just it was terrible.
0: No, it's it, it the optics. It made us look like a bunch of goofs, and we're sitting. <laughs> well, and I'm I'm sitting next to um, Lou Peck from Bethesda Magazine, and he leans over during the middle of the debate, and he's he looks at me and he's like, is that really the best they could do? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Whoever put that up is, is silly, but, um, they did a follow up debate, uh, the CD six candidates over in, um, in Washington County. And that debate went pretty well. Ken Temmerman, however, was the moderator and I would have chosen something somebody completely different than Ken Temmerman. I'm not a big fan. He's, Neo Connie, and he's smarmy, and he's involved with – I think he's a big fan of the Huff crew, and I'm not a big – and, of course, this show, um, we've been critical of, of Team Huff, so we're not a big fan of the Ken Temmermans of this world.
1: As, well, everybody should be big critics of the Huffs as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Speaking of the <laughs> yeah, worst. Speaking of the worst debate, and of the 2016. The Washington was, was – I mean – I think that's when I ended up seeing it on video. I don't think I was able to make it yeah. up there, but you know, like, let's you know, let, let's let's at least acknowledge, you know, yeah, let's acknowledge, you know, we were there. We we filmed all these debates. We got them out there for people. Yep. We had we a did. bunch of candidates to choose from in the Sixth District campaign. And, I mean, there's pretty much a there's pretty much a candidate for everybody. Um, you know, if mm-hmm. you're somewhere if you were somewhere on the Republican spectrum, there was a candidate mm-hmm. for you. Okay, there was the I dude so. that you wanted to like. That there's a guy that you wanted to play darts with and drink a beer, okay? There was, uh, you know, there was a the doctor that hated Obamacare. Yeah, Harold Pater. There's a the doctor that hated Obamacare. You know, Scott Chang. You had, uh, you know, you had what? There was we had two actual veterans, three veterans actually. Sorry, yeah. three real veterans actually running. You had Chris Mason. You had David Vote. You had Frank Howard. Mm-hmm. Okay, like we had a we had a pretty good, you know. And then of course you had your uh, your your batshit crazy uncle. Um, that everybody tries to for, doesn't invite to Thanksgiving but they show up anyways. Um you know, you had you had the whole gamut of personality. So there was some there was there was a candidate for everybody
0: in the sixth district. Who was who the, showed up? In the Crazy sixth district, uncle? Eric. Who was Yeah, was that Chris Mason?
1: No, that's Ficker, are you kidding?
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well I was gonna say Chris Mason towards the end there really went off the deep end with some of his tweets and he he gave us a he, – he was – I think he was more surprised than anyone that he lost the election when he said repeatedly that he touched 10,000 people and that he was going door to door. But hats off to Chris Mason for putting his name out there. As you know, Eric, and as I know, it's not easy being a candidate. It takes a lot. It's, it's time away from your family. It's money that you put out of your own pocket most of the time. But, um, yeah, it's it's not easy being a candidate. But – I think one thing that – one of the better things that you and I did in 2016 – not to say that we did bad things, but with, with a minor com, you and I had an opportunity to really freely write about the sixth district race. And I think we were the premier news source for the insider baseball of that election. And, of course, the the Herald-Mail and the Cumberland Times News, the Frederick News Post and Bethesda Magazine and even the Washington Post and Baltimore Sun – Wrote a little bit about the race, but you and I really covered the day to day of the race, and it was a lot of fun because we had eight candidates to choose from, and all of them had something to say. All of them were, I'd say, pretty much active on the campaign trail, and we had an opportunity to interview them all. I think the only one we didn't interview was Ficker, but that was by choice.
1: Yeah, that was that was intentional. Like, if you wanted, you know, there's there's plenty of old, uh, you know, Washington Bullets games you can watch if you want to find out more about
0: him. <laughs> well, there's there's more to come about Ficker, but one of the best moments of 2016, Eric, is when I was up in Cumberland at the CD6 debate, when Ficker and I got into a verbal argument, and uh, he <laughs> he he accused me of... I think it was something like, he's I'm a campaign staffer for Ami Hober, which I never was, um, and him and I got into about a 20-second brawl, and the, the folks up in um yeah up in uh, up in the uh the, the, the tea it was the tea party one and that was a very um scantly attended debate but they're like all right that's enough all right candidate mister minor that's enough you got we gotta split you guys up. So it was kind of funny. I I have that on video somewhere and I'll have to pull that back oh, yeah, out and play that clip. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah. We we and we did a great job of Getting all the debates on YouTube, I think we were the only blog who went out and did that. Or as far as the media, we we were the ones that trucked ourselves all the way up to Garrett County, to Allegheny, Washington, Frederick, and we and then we had that really excellent debate back in March of last year. The Frederick County Republican Club put the debate on, and you guys did a really great job. I have to hand it to you and the shafts and all the other folks out there for arranging that debate and. By and large, I think the best debate moder- uh, moderator was um, the the guy that Frederick County had to come moderate.
1: Yeah, Coley Simpson. Coley Simpson. Yeah, he's a senior uh, fellow at the Heritage yes, Foundation. Yeah. Um, hands down, it, it was I, it, the overall. I think that's what really made the debate. Honestly, the venue was nice. Okay, you know, Mark and Cindy Shaft, you know, busted their butt getting everything done. The clubs, all of the the, yeah. the organization public organizations in Canada, we all work together. But what really made that debate was uh, Coley coming in there and being, you know, he, he was informed enough to ask the right questions, but detached enough not to use his podium as moderator to basically, to try to attack candidates. So he asked fair questions. Unlike he Ken Jemmer mentioned. Yeah. Unlike some of the other moderators, you know, like Co- you know, Coley and he's, he's so deep, he's, you know, he was detached enough that he didn't bring his own personal biases into the race. I don't even, I don't even think he actually lived in the sixth district. I believe he lived in the eighth district, if I remember right. Um, so he wasn't even you're right. So he had, he, he had no skin in the game and that's the sort of moderator that you need. You need a moderator that doesn't have skin in the game because then they ask, like they ask good questions. And you know, some of those, some of the questions he asked the candidates were like, I don't even know. Like he asked some yeah. questions about, a like obscure sections of the Patriot Act and, and the candidates yeah, that was were just great. honest. Like, I mean, so th- th- that showed it was somebody that did his homework. And I tell you, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, um, I'm, I'm really hoping that we can get Coley out there again to kind of keep, uh, especially when it comes to any of the federal elections that the Frederick County host debates, I'm really hoping we get Coley back. Um, Cause he was, he was, he was great.
0: I agree. I hope he comes back. And of course the, um, as as all the candidates led up to the primary, um, there, was a, there wasn't a lot of surprises in the 6th Congressional District um, primary. Um, we, we said from the outset – in fact, I think we called it. I mean we pretty much said how we think this thing is going to turn out. And I th- we were accurate about the, our, our, our predictions in that we believed that Ami Hober, Terry Baker, and Frank Howard were going to do really well. And we, yeah. we, wrote it. I, we, I think we
1: got the order we, wrong because I, I think I said it was going to be Ami Frank and then Terry and then um, day, uh, vote. And so I think yeah. I, 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 I think I flipped. You know, so you flipped Terry and Frank, and that was the uh, that was the actual outcome. Well, and that was a marquee
0: congressional race. There was a few others in the state of Maryland that we we followed um, peripherally, and we we did our best. I mean, look, we had. Um, what was the guy that took on sarbanes mark um mark the plaster. the army veteran and the the attorney the guy that's like a brilliant re- i i forget his name you'll have to forgive me I'm mark plaster. late mark, at night
1: he's the, yeah the, the, the doctor lawyer um, extraordinaire, yeah so if if mark plaster can't
0: you know decides not to run again for congress i don't know what district he lives in um or where he's from in the state you know cuz the the third congressional district is one of the most gerrymandered districts in the state of Maryland. I hope he runs for a state office because we need a guy like that in state office. I mean, his experience is invaluable. I think he would he would really do well, and he had a great message, and everybody really liked him. So I'm 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 happy to see. I I hope he would run again. Um, and of course with the sixth district, the the race turned out that that Ami won and look she spent a lot of money and she had a, a super PAC that that helped fund her um some of her opponents took some pot shots at her but then when it was all said and done i would say ninety, eighty 80% of the candidates came out to help her i was barring ficker mason and and frank howard sort of took to the sidelines and hasn't said or done a whole lot but um you know that's fine i wish i wish frank the best i hope that He's doing well. That, that,
1: and, that weekend after the primary, like uh, David yeah. Vote and Ami Hoba mean, went and had lunch, and they were like, you know, they were all, yeah. you know, like, "Hey, primary's over, let's win this kind of thing." And you know, it's because yeah. you know David Vote said that many times that once the primary's over, I just want to defeat Delaney. And so he actually held to his word. You know, that's, he did. Not, that's not something you see a lot in politics.
0: Well, and he 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 came out, Eric, and uh, I remember he hosted a. A fundraiser um, for Ami at Flying Dog. I was there. That was a lot of fun. And David Vogt is an all around really nice guy and i'm 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 hoping that he runs again and gets reelected, and I do hope that he breaks away from the Huff team. and I hope that uh, some new people um oust them in district four. and I know that we'll talk a lot more about that race as it unfolds, and you and I are going to be following a lot about that race and coming up, but we're, we're supporting Danny and we've made no bones about it. We really hope Danny uh, runs a successful campaign and he's gotten a head start. We hope that he, he goes out and campaigns hard because we uh, we're talking about Danny. Um, Danny Eric, pronounce his last name. Uh, Farrar. Danny Farrar who owns soldier fit, which is a very successful company. So Danny Farrar, who's running in Maryland's fourth, uh, the state fourth district um, for state house. He's a libertarian sort of guy, which is good. That's something someone we identify with. And down the line in this show later this year, it's too early now, but we'll get Danny on the show and we'll we'll sit down with him for an hour and 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 talk about what his platform is and talk about his ideas and his philosophy on state government and uh, un- unwind that from from him. So uh, that'll be that'll be a lot be of fun. Lovely.
1: Luckily, we could get him on this show because he doesn't have another show that he does at the same time like my Wednesday show that I do. Like, He does oh, a does show he? Wednesdays at 5, and so I can't – I've been like, one of these days I've got to figure out how the heck I can get him on my show, like my, my terrestrial radio show. So, oh, I didn't
0: know. Did, I, well, I, I knew Danny did some show, but does he do it on the same terrestrial airwaves yeah. as, you, as you do?
1: No, no, he does. A, he, he um, he does a was I think it's called like gra- garage bar radio or something. So they he's been doing. <laughs> That's um, cool. Him and it, it's yeah. it's kind of like him and his buddies. And like there's a show about USC. Then there's a show like about a a, a a brewing and beer. And then there's a I show know, about like, that. like 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 veteran type stuff. And the veteran one is on Wednesday at five. Oh, and nice. So it's like the worst scheduling conflict in the world. You know, Eric. We're going to
0: have to update our show here soon in that I, I, I have to figure out – you and I have to put our heads together to to do a couple things. Well, first thing we're going to do is overhaul our website and not – we're going to make it a little bit more readable and accessible, and we're working on that. Um, but I told – as I told William, our, our our back-end guy who does a great job, I said that, uh, look, we're we're on a limited budget here. I mean we're not going to spend a lot of money doing this, but – the second thing is, um, Eric, you and I are – I'd love to, to figure out a way to, to, to Facebook live this. I don't know how we're going to do it because we're in two separate locations. And it's, it's just hard for – if people are listening, Eric and I live in two separate counties, and we live about an hour away from each other. So it's hard for us to do the show on a Sunday night together. We, we'd love to do it, but its it's not feasible. That's not something that we can actually do. But if we could Facebook live it, I think we would get – some more traction out of it so that's something we have to look into eric at least i think
1: so yeah we'll have we'll, we could figure out i mean like I'm, I'm there's always a way to do stuff like that you know yeah maybe oh, yeah. facebook live maybe that would be more uh yeah but then, then people have to look at us then i'm gonna have to like <laughs> you know not i mean i'm still wearing my pajamas so like i'm gonna have to like yeah. not wear my pajamas when i do it and stuff that'd be that'd be terrible i would say
0: i mean aside from ordering textbooks today um and for i would say the most constructive thing i did was brush floss and put mouthwash in and kim and i had a early brunch brunch jesus i sound so we had (laughs) lunch (laughs) we had brunch at a uh, a new england seafood place that's right down the street from us that i had a an omelet with crab meat in it which was pretty good and uh this place was like we didn't think it had brunch, and I was just looking up local places to have brunch at. Uh, yeah, so Mary, geez. Um, and yeah, so we we and we just laid around today. We watched a couple episodes of The Crown. If you're not into that yet, it's pretty good. Um, we just started watching it la- uh, last night, and we're 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 addicted already. It's a pretty good series. So if you happen to watch The Crown um it's all about the uh the royal the royal family and when elizabeth the second queen elizabeth the second takes over it's pretty good uh netflix original series they do a good job i'm surprised like netflix has really good series like house of cards and um orange is the new black and now the crown i'm surprised about the production quality of netflix
1: yeah no well it, it's smart because they but what they're what, what they're actually doing is they're just cutting out the middleman by producing their own stuff. So they don't have to pay royalties oh, yeah. for broadcast. You know, there's some shows that basically, um, you know, production companies like, you, you, like any show that goes into syndication, you know, that's just production companies trying to kind of like, you know, squeeze every penny they can out of the show. You yeah. know, you think about, think about how long mash has been airing in syndication, like at random times. Okay. Because Love it's that. a good show and people like it. Mash is, is yeah. on Netflix as well. And so it's kind of like, you know, that's, that's what they're doing. So basically Netflix, because um, you know, competing broadcast companies are saying like, you know, basically, Hey, like we're not going to give you the rights to, to broadcast stuff anymore. Netflix basically said, screw you. We're just going to make our own TV network. You know, and it's actually yeah. great because what, what Netflix is doing is they're a, fr- they're a free market disruptor to the cable industry. <laughs> okay. You know, right. so the whole, so the, the whole concept of basically anything regulated by the FCC or things like Netflix, Amazon prime, um, even Hulu, in a limited um, circumstance, um, they're they're disrupting the current structure of how people are able to view media, you know. And they're and Netflix has a lot more flexibility when it comes to what they broadcast. I mean, I'm sure you watched uh, Daredevil and uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, right? No, I don't so, watch well, any of that. Shame on you! Shame on you! You need to watch it. But like they're they're able to be a, a a much more flexible in their storytelling. You know, they they Netflix can take a, a season of Daredevil and treat it like one really long episode. It's basically just a 13 hour movie, you know, and they're able to be a lot more like a, a lot more gritty, you know, and, and tell a better story than you normally could on broadcast TV. Unless you're yeah, I like- and you basically just screw you guys. <laughs>
0: I, well, I love AMC's original series. I mean, they did Mad Men, and I believe they did Breaking Bad. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I and I also like HBO. So, I mean, I, I subscribe to to HBO and listen, and we, we, we watch that regularly. And they, you know, Boardwalk Empire, Sopranos, uh, all great shows, The Newsroom, um, all good stuff. I really, I, but that's a little bit off topic. Eric and I have a, a natural propensity to digress from issues. But back to best and worst of 2016. I don't know, Eric, what do you think the best and worst moments were I, in in our neck of the woods, Western Maryland, Western Maryland politics? I would say one of the best moments was watching you dominate um, on stage uh, during two separate uh, Brunswick City Council debates. You uh, You put your name out there and and decided to to run for office and you really um you really made a gallant effort and a big push and i was impressed by the campaign so that was that was really cool and we you know i tried my best to to sort of separate myself even though you know we have this this blog and and talk radio relationship but here's the thing i mean we i covered it and i told the story of what happened and i think the uh you got a lot of unique ideas out there, and gained a lot of respect from people inside of your community. And when running for public office, you, you, you create friends and make a few enemies, but that's just the nature of politics, right?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, overwhelmingly. I mean, even even in you know, in the in the months after the election, you know, I ran across actually uh, like two months ago, I was at a trivia night at the local brewery, and somebody I was right. out, I was outside vaping, and somebody's like, "Do I know you?" And I was like, "I don't." I don't recognize you. And they're like, yeah, I recognize your voice. You came by my house, knocked on my door. And I was like, like, did you live off of 4th Street? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Because I, I, I can remember people's addresses, but I can't remember their names. Um, so I feel kind of <laughs> bad about it sometimes because I hit so many doors, and I can tell you where their house is, but I can't tell you what their yeah. name is. And so, like, you know, but you know, it was a, I mean, it was a great experience. I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, like, I honestly, I thought that the debates, I didn't think I was going to do as good at the debates as I did, but apparently, yeah, you um, killed you know, it. You're I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I mean, I, I know, I had, I had some people. Um, uh, a friend of mine's husband actually messaged me. Um, like, like the night of that first debate. And was basically like, yeah. man, you killed it! Like, like my my husband came home and was like, I want, to, I need to put up a sign and that kind of stuff. So I was, uh, I was very, very pleased. You know, I mean, it was a great experience. You know, I who knows if I'm going to do it again, but uh, I still have all the signs just in case. Uh, they're all, they're all mm-hmm. in my shed still. I have some Cindy Rose oh. signs too. I need to go give those back to her someday.
0: Well, you know, maybe one of these days we'll see another. Beasley run for, for office in the upcoming years. I know that, uh, there's a lot there's to be determined, right? So,
1: you, yeah, I mean, know. Hey, you know. oh, be- you know, there's the Libertarian Party false ballot access and, you know, uh, we're getting ready for a really terrible Frederick County executive race. So who knows? Maybe there'll be a Libertarian option, you know, because people deserve options. Yeah.
0: Um, do you ever read, um, you ever read Maryland Politics? It's like that public group. Barry O'Connell, um, he's the curi- curator of that. You ever read that uh, uh, on Facebook?
1: No, I don't. I don't read that garbage. What? Yeah, he's he always he always
0: like he's really mean, and he sometimes makes fun of you, and I don't understand why. That guy's a jerk. Like he's he's the guy that said that he was part of the state department and you call him out and you're like, okay, man, it's just fine. I was just reading something. And he's just very kind of illogical and snarky sometimes, but I do use his webs. <laughs> I do use the Maryland politics to get out of minor detail. So it's- I-, I don't want to piss the guy off too much, but, um, it's sort of interesting. Sorry. I was just reading something on Facebook. Uh, one of the worst moments, oh. Eric of 2016 was when, um, Oh, the board of education member in Washington County Karen Harshman um filed a uh, a protective order against me. Remember that?
1: Oh, that was man, that was that was amazing. That, that was crazy. Like huh? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't believe uh,
0: it. Well, she, you know, she claimed that I was harassing her and asking her mean questions. Um things that she just didn't want to answer. So she, uh, she went down in, uh, in, in March and filed a, uh, a protection from abuse or a restraint. It's sort of Maryland's version of a, uh, restraining order where basically they give it to anybody who goes down there, um, you know it has to be a preponderance of evidence which like the legal threshold is like 10%. You know if, if if somebody says something mean to you you can you can get one of these temporary orders um and then they serve you and then you can go and make your case and so I went and um the, the it was a big newspaper article and the judge tossed it out and she came completely unprepared and for at court and made a fool out of herself but it was an interesting it was sort of a uh it was it was sort of a First Amendment free speech case, but turned into a vindictive and nasty escapade that has been ongoing between her and. But Eric, she's had a rough year. You know, she's uh, it looks like she's yeah. on her way out of the Washington County Board of Education, being that she falsely accused uh, teachers inside of the school system of being sexual predators and could not substantiate her claim and now is facing expulsion from the the State Board of Education. And I should mention this tonight that her pre child conference um, with Maryland's administrative judge, uh, it's like an administrative hearing sector of the government, Um, it's going to be January 18th, I believe, and then they're going to have a public hearing in Hagerstown in February. So I'm definitely going to be there for that. That'll be fun.
1: Isn't she going to be like one of the first Board of Ed members ever kicked off?
0: It's a good but this point. This doesn't happen There's,
1: regularly. No, it's
0: it's a it's a very irregular occurrence. So in Maryland history, I think there was only about four or five different cases and actual case law where the board of it, the local boards had precedent where they went to the state board and and got a board of education member thrown off the board. But uh, I, I I don't know what the outcome will be. Um, I'm hoping that the um, that the hearing will expose her for who she is, and they bring light to. I mean, it's very serious when a board of education member, somebody that's entrusted by the school system, to be completely reasonable and makes wild accusations. I think that that's I think that's very serious and something that you can't just overlook or punish by a censure or um, oh, you know, just say. Oh uh, well she's an older lady and she's says these things. No, it's you're you're talking about accusations that can that have real world consequences for the lives of people and I just think it's unfortunate the way that she went about it and she's shown no remorse. She hasn't apologized, she hasn't made sort of any um she she hasn't done anything to, to rectify her actions. She just doubles down and says crazy things. So I I really don't have much left for feeling for her. So I, I do hope she's thrown off because I think that the Washington County can and should do better than Karen Harshman. Um, I and
1: like I, I, I like, I, I like it when elected officials get thrown out of office, to be honest.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I just find that entertaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: like, it isn't. Honestly, thing. it needs to happen more. You think yeah, we should we, throw
0: so- our, throw the bums out?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need, more, we need more people thrown out of elected office so that we can get new <laughs> people in there. Because obviously, you know, we have, we have senators that have been elected longer than you or I have been alive. Like, there's a problem yeah. there. So, like, that's why I, I like to, you know, make office a little bit, have a little bit more of a rotation. You know, can, like, it's like growing crops. You can't have the same crop in the same spot all year long for 10 years in a row. You got to change stuff up a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm going to avoid in this show talking about the presidential election because we focus more on the local stuff. But uh, Eric, what happened? What do you think um, in Western Maryland as of now going into 2017, Frederick County, and we I mean, we can talk a little bit about Montgomery County. There's going to be a, well, a host hold, of new hold people. Because you missed, you
1: missed a really good story. Speaking of education oh, out I'm here in Frederick County. Yeah. So, so, uh, um, you may remember about a about a month ago, our, uh, our good friend, Catherine Heerbrandt, broke a story about a, a, a data breach here at Frederick right. County Public Schools. And essentially, over the last month, there's been a, a significant amount of finger pointing. It's kind of like, a, you know, like which way did he go? Um, and you have basically <laughs> two bureaucratic nightmares, namely the, the Frederick County Public Schools and Maryland State Department of Education basically pointing fingers at each other, trying to blame each other the other one for the, for the data breach. And uh, Catherine's done a great job of reporting and finding the information that people need to hear. Um, From what I understand, the data breach notification letters still haven't arrived. Um, I've seen people that are on there. I've actually had, I've actually had elected representatives ask me many on on numerous occasions to see if their families are on that list. I'm talking, you know, elected Frederick County Democrats in some way, shape or form ask. And so like, I think that, uh, you know, I think as you, t- you want to like you know Cindy Rose running for Board of Ed was like shaking up the status quo enough as it was, but now with this whole kind of like this whole cover up, this whole finger pointing, and uh, the the serious lack of accountability from the school system, from the uh, superintendent Alban and uh, uh, Board of Ed president Brad Young, you've seen a lot of uh, I think a lot of people are kind of waking up to uh, you know this is how stuff is normally run, and the only reason they're paying attention now is because their kids and their kids' friends. Um basically their financial well being is at stake because their identities were are out there. You know. So if I wanna I mean look, there there was a thousand identities there. I could I could make a lot of money off of a thousand identities if I wanted to. And other people have that exact same idea. And so I think it was a great wake up call for folks. And so we'll see what happens in twenty eighteen. We'll see if everybody just forgets about this or if they decide to keep the status quo for another two years. But uh either way it's gonna be interesting.
0: Wow. Well, I know that
1: <laughs> –
0: I'm sorry. I think the Frederick County tweet thing was really funny. I know that some – I don't it know. It was. Like, I guess, I guess but, some people but, didn't I find guess. it as funny as I did, but I thought it was like really, really funny.
1: So basically somebody tweeted at Frederick County Public Schools and misspelled tomorrow, um, and uh, <laughs> the response from the school account was, uh, well, we can't cancel school because you need to learn how to spell tomorrow properly. Um, and like I, you know, I, I said, I thought it was hilarious. Okay, because that's I mean, a dish. Look, I think that's that's how that I, I I actually I liked it. I was like, this is great. Like, you know, at the same time, I can appreciate the hypocrisy of it. You know, because at the same time, you know, the school is having school at the same time schools are having counseling because Trump won the election. Okay, because of <laughs> the delicate flakes or are crying. Like, this is what the school system does. So it's kind of like one. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Either they're delicate snowflakes and you need to be nice to them, or you need to teach them how to be adults and treat them like this so that when they become, you know, when I have to, when I'm their boss at work, I don't have to fire them for being terrible at their job and terrible at life. So.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it was,
1: no, I think the tweet
0: was like the tweet heard around the world. I don't know, how how far did it go, Eric? Where, where, how much media did the tweet accumulate over the I guess the, the course, I mean, I guess the story is sort of dead now, but is it, is it done over with Did anybody react negatively to, I mean, what's, what's the story there? I mean, is it, is it a dead story? I,
1: it's, it's, it's pretty much dead, honestly, They and deleting it and a lot of the responses from the uh, from that day asking if school was going to be canceled. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's like it's already out there. It's already screenshotted. Like, you know, I mean, it, there was, you know, it was, but it wasn't like it wasn't like hashtag Kirby the Okay, it's not, I don't think mm-hmm. I didn't see any news articles in Australia about like you know this one weird tweet made your kids go to school or something. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, haven't seen well, it yet, and I don't think that we will. But it was it was fun. You know, it's, it was a good little chuckle.
0: So that's pretty much what's happened in Western Maryland which was a topic for our show that <laughs> Frederick County Public Schools issued this tweet and that was heard around the uh around the state of Maryland and you know the news media always sort of blow it up a little bit more than uh what it is but that's that's what they do they have to they have to get ratings but um yeah. what's going on in western Maryland Eric? I mean Garrett County? We have to get more correspondence up in Garrett County because I think that there's some hidden treasures in up there. I do I think that there's a lot of politics yeah. that we are not tapping into Garrett and allegheny counties there's there's a lot of interesting people up in that region and and I say that endearingly because i I, I like yeah. visiting there uh, we 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 want to spend more of 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 this show talking about the Garrett County and allegheny county their their county are their 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 local government their county government municipal so i'm going that's my one of my resolutions for this show this year is to tap into the those two different areas and bring out political news that the otherwise would not be reported and I think that that would uh that would really make an interesting audience I think people up there would listen I really do because there's not there's nobody else doing that. Or at least that I know Yeah, of. they
1: don't. I, I mean, any news source. See, the, the problem with Garrett Allegheny County is any news source they have actually covers Virginia and West Virginia and Pennsylvania and even like yeah. Ohio, for crying out loud. And so, like, you know, there, there, there is stuff going on up there. You know, I mean, look, Allegheny County has what? Like, I, Allegheny County has one of the youngest like county commissioners ever elected, Jake Shade. Yeah, Jake Shade. I think he's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, what he's like. I think he's like twenty. He's. I mean, he's he's way younger than me or I Yeah, so he's—I mean, like I think he was elected right out of college, basically. And so, like, he works for. um,
0: I think Jake works for Delegate Buckle, Um, Jason Buckle, our our buddy up that way. So, yeah, that would be good. I mean, there's going to be some interesting political races. I'd like to learn more about what's happening in the city of Cumberland. That's one of uh, it's one of Maryland's major cities uh, in Western Maryland, and I think it's important that we. We start to learn more about the economic impact, about uh, their mini- their municipal structure. There's a lot going on up there. And when Kim and I visited um, Oakland back in uh, no, I think it was uh, it was October or November. I can't I can't remember. I think it was in October. Uh, we went up for um, it was like a autumn fest, Eric, and we had a blast, and we oh, yeah. really enjoyed ourselves. We really enjoyed ourselves, and it was unseasonably warm when we went up there, and uh, we we had a really nice time. And I think there's a lot. Yeah, you know, we if we could cover the Deep Creek area, and Oakland, and different places up that way, we we just have to develop our sources. And I know we're we're sort of strategizing <laughs> about this on the air as we go along. But no, seriously, I think Eric, you and I can can really try to work that and and see what's going on.
1: Yeah no and, and that I mean that's the whole point of of this is you know we're we're tr- we're trying to get information out there that you don't really have many places to to find out about you know like i mean think about it like how many you know if you like the sixth district race, for example, you know, we tried to cover that as as well as we could to get information out there and let people know, you know, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. look, I'm, I'm I'm working on a story right now that's going to be published probably tomorrow or the next day, you know, about, uh, um, in here from here in Brunswick. And so like, you know, there's, those are the sorts of stories that people do want to hear about. And so
0: I, 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 I agree, Eric. You do a great job of covering. We, we do a good job of covering our local communities. We just have to figure out a way to branch out and cover, I don't want to say the more arcane of politics, but I would say develop our niche. Our niche is is Western Maryland politics and Montgomery County, and we're going to be covering You know, from – I think we're going to do our best to cover the state, but look, people have the Baltimore Sun, they have the Post, and we're going to cover the politics as, as best as we can, but – um yeah, not to, to belabor that. So that's that's one of our goals for twenty seventeen and I, I think that's something that is uh totally doable. Um I yeah. want to tell you quickly, Eric, there's a story. Um Washington County superintendent decided to leave on you know, that's what happens. Elections have consequences and um the board the 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 power shifted to <laughs> yeah, the the majority is now the folks that we did not want into office and you know Eric we don't have to to go into explaining how screwy Washington County politics are but uh <laughs> the 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 superintendent Dr. Clayton Wilcox has decided to leave he's going to be the superintendent um for a school district which is the 18th largest in the country in Charlotte Mecklenburg and so he's wrapping up his tenure here and he's tentatively scheduled to leave um, sometime in March, um, between the third and the tenth, so they have the new board in place. They've sworn in their new uh, leadership, and there's a board member, Stan Stauffer, incidentally a former teacher of mine at Williamsport High School. He was my ninth grade history government teacher, and uh, he's he you know my sources are telling me that he's really making Clayton Wilcox's life very miserable on his final weeks uh there he's he's trying to get rid of him sooner than what um that sooner than clayton's um uh, tentative leave date is, and you know, he's doing some stuff in closed session from uh what my sources are reporting to me um you know it's just they're just being mean they're just being hateful for no reason, and that's the mentality of 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 that. Uh, the new school the school board there. It's very sad. Some things, some very sad things are going to happen in education there. I think they're going to take a major step backwards. But I reported on that today, and that's um, that's very unfortunate. I hope that Mr. Stauffer, who's in, the new board vice president, like they just made this guy vice president when he just got a, a, elected, right, Eric? It's kind of unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I would imagine that you would need to at least. Have one or two terms on the board, or one or two years into your term, and decide to, to be in a leadership position. But oh, they made them.
1: All, all, all they, all the leadership does is set the agenda. I mean, there's nothing fancy yeah, there. It's true. <laughs> You're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can set the um, agenda. Huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah exactly. Um, so the Maryland General Assembly, they don't, they will kick off Wednesday. And so hold on to your wallets. Nobody is safe during uh, legislative session. So, of course, the big the big issues will be the budget and uh, the way that Hogan interacts with uh, the Democrats and to see if there's any big partisan
1: fights that are going to happen. I don't know, Eric. What do you think? Oh, I think I mean, look, I think it's going to be absolute chaos. Okay, because this is the last. Oh, yeah. Look, this is the last legislative session before the twenty eighteen election. Okay, and everybody knows how important that election is. If, you know, I mean, you you, or, you know, at the at the Maryland at Maryland GOP convention in December, you know, it was we need to reelect Hogan. We need five senators. We need seven delegates. Okay, and that's what the GOP is pushing for. That's what Hogan wants. Hogan wants five senators and seven delegates
0: newly elected
1: somewhere because he wants to be able to he wants to be able to filibuster in the Senate. And he wants to be able to stop a veto override in the House of Delegates. So I think what you this is what I think is going to end up happening. I think you'll know very. I think you'll know after like the first week which districts Democrats are worried about. Okay, because the districts that Democrats are worried about are going to be the Democrats who stray from the party and vote for the Hogan budgets or vote for this or for that. The stuff that basically, essentially, in a in a in a futile, in my opinion, attempt to try to paint themselves as some sort of moderate because they know that the Maryland GOP is going to be going after those seats, and they're yeah. going to be going after those seats because Hogan wants those seats. And so I think that that's what I think you're going to see because you figure, I think you will start seeing five Democrats and seven delegates voting against the rest of their party.
0: wonder if in and 2018, I, if it's possible that we pick up... um. If, it, if it's possible that we can pick up those new seats I have to look at the districts to see which which could be possible pickups um, mm-hmm. i I think Frederick County what is there any is there any potential pickups in the state house or in the Senate there
1: oh absolutely there's a um, st- uh, state Senate district three and delegate district 3a um, so so uh, state Senate district three is Ron young right now and then uh, oh, delegate district yeah. 3A is uh, Carol Krim and Karen Lewis Young, and then 3B is uh, Bill Folden, um, Republican, but uh, the others, the other ones are Democrats, and I I know that I'm uh-huh. uh, pretty sure that's going to be one of the targets there, you know, like, Ron Young, I mean, he's, you know, he's been around forever, I mean, you think about this dude was the mayor of Frederick in, like, the 70s, like, when my, my parents were still in high school, this dude was mayor already, okay, um, yeah. so, like, I mean, was it that long ago, You've got you know, the 70s? I'm pretty sure he was mayor back in the seventies. I mean, again, you know, this is, this is part of that whole, like, you know, politicians who've been elected since long before I was born um, <laughs> category. But, uh, but yeah, no. So, I mean, I think, I think there's, there are some areas for gains. I know there's some areas in the Baltimore County area um, that they're going to be looking at. Um, I know, uh, you know, in places like that, I mean, real, let's be honest, this is how they're going to do their analytics. Number one, they're going to look for any district that Hogan actually managed to win. Okay, in 2014, like individual districts. And then they're going to start looking at districts that Trump won in 2016. And those are where the Maryland GOP is going to start putting their money. And so and and like I said, the Democrats are looking at the exact same data that the Republicans are working for. So that's why in my if if the Democrats were smart, they would start right now. But they're not. So they're probably going to you may not actually see that strategy until twenty eighteen. Right when the election is happening, because they're going to be doing that last ditch effort to try to, you know, like they're going to do that last ditch effort I, I, yeah. to try to avoid. Losing.
0: Well, I, I wish, I'd like to see in in this legislative session, I'd like them to, to to look more at some criminal justice reform initiatives, bail reform. We're gonna we're gonna have somebody on the show coming up soon. Um, we're gonna do an entire segment on. Um bail reform, which is a big issue i think in my uh, that that we care about um you know I talked to david moon we've got to get David moon on here to talk about some criminal justice issues that's that's my bread and butter I mean I love the issues, so I think that's something that you and i could could really spend a couple different shows discussing um at Absolutely. at length um i mean and so I, and I, but i
1: yeah I think I think what I, you might see a few criminal justice reform bills like going in through Annapolis, and you'll see them from people like David Moon. You'll see them from yeah. kind of like the, uh, I guess, the, let's call them the freshman class um, down there in yeah. Annapolis. But I think I think what Robin you're really Robin Christian start Mealy. Seeing, yeah, you'll you'll see those folks putting in in those sorts of bills. I believe uh, I, I heard a, I heard a whisper that uh, um, Bill Fulton was putting in a hate crime legislation uh, to make it a hate crime um, for assaulting a police officer. <laughs> Okay, um I you, you know, know uh, there's, so there's going to be some, whatever uh, your opinion whole, may be. Of it, we'll talk we can talk about that at some other point, trust. Me. But so yeah, I, you know, you can, I, if you look at at how long somebody's been down there, there's different sorts of legislation that they put forward. You know, when somebody's new, they go for the, that low-hanging fruit because they just want to be able to get
0: isn't Bill fold the police mm-hmm. officer?
1: Yes, he is. I believe he's the only okay. elected police officer in Annapolis.
0: Um well, so I think David my in District Fifteen, David Hidalgo Frazier. I from 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 what I understand is he was a police officer, or he he, he former. I'm, I'm not sure. I I I'm gonna have to research that. But uh, mm-hmm. look, assaulting a police officer is a hate crime. Come on, I, I've watched so many different episodes of cops, and sometimes people just go ballistic and they're drunk and they're out of control. And I mean, sure, if you have intent and motivation to. Assault a police officer because you don't like the police? Then I mean that's one thing, but come on, I hate crime? Give me yeah. a break. I I, I don't buy so into I, this look, crimes. I, I'd be fine with getting rid light of light. all hate
1: crimes. I think hate crime legislation. Yeah, is I agree. Okay, like that's the the whole point of like you know that that's that's not for the law to decide. That's for a, a jury to decide. A judge yeah. and a jury are the ones who decide how long you go to jail. There shouldn't be that, not, you know hate crimes are another. It's another way of saying mandatory minimum sentencing. That's all that it is. Yep. I see again because, I think you're, you know, because it's a, uh, you know, it's a red meat issue. People are going to like vote for it. I mean, look, I'm not going to, you know, like I'll wait and see what, you know, Delia Folden actually, you know, proposes before I really say if it's a good law or bad law, but, you know, you I and I would should get rid of them all together.
0: <laughs> you and I should should take the show and, and do an episode down in Annapolis sometime. That would be fun. I'd like that. If we can get people, I, and or we can just call them and Delegate votes going to be a good, um, a good friend of our show. He always, he always gives us an app and an Annapolis update. And uh, maybe we'll get your buddy Senator Huff on here to to talk about some issues.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have he doesn't have the guts to come on this show
0: and answer. No, he
1: doesn't. Effective. Maybe you know. um, we can get his.
0: His, his lovely wife uh, Joey Lynn to come on as well. She would she would be a, a valuable addition. Speaking of which, um I'm sure people have heard <laughs> this, but this is the rumor. J- Joey Lynn I hear is thinking about running for delegate in district 4. Have you heard that, Eric? Uh,
1: of course I've heard that rumor. Are You kidding? I've heard uh, I've I've heard the rumors of the vote slate. I'm still waiting or that not the vote slate, the hub slate. Um I'm still waiting. Yeah, they're I'm still working him off for- yeah. Yeah. Votes. Votes pretty much on the outs uh, completely. Um, that's that's, thing, it, it was it was it was extremely obvious when uh, um, every other elected state Republican in the county signed on to a letter to the editor about the roadkill bill. Um, and uh, so and then David Vote had one go in the next day with just him signing on it. So it was pretty obvious. Good he's for him. Been good for good for David.
0: I like that he's doing his own thing and he's. He's independent from, from those, and look, I think he got a dose of uh, – he he ran on their slate in 2014. Fine. What's in the past is the past, and he's broken away, and they like control. They they are political manipulators. They don't like people who are outside of their framework and outside of their control, and when people do that, Eric, um, they, they throw them off the ship, and I think delegate vote is riding high. I don't think he'll have any problem getting reelected. I really don't. I think he's been a successful delegate, and I think he's someone that I hope will will be reelected. I I, I have yeah. no doubt. Well, I'm, I like that. Delegate vote in, yeah,
1: in District 4, the only election that really matters is the Republican primary because, quite frankly, there isn't a sure. Democrat that's going to be able to gain yeah. bipartisan support to overcome that 20-point deficit that is just built mm-hmm. into District 4. Okay? Um, right. And so – you know who so that the primary is the actual election, and so you know we'll we'll see how many people end up running. You're going to have you know Danny Farrar, David Vogt, plus the three people on the Huff slate. You're going to have Bertie, uh, you know Joey Lynn um, on there, and then the third person I'll refrain until I can, can 100% confirm it because they okay. are somebody that that they, they are somebody I'm friendly with, so I'm going to confirm it with them before I you know name them. Um, you is know it somebody Kathy from the central me- committee. Uh No, no, it's not somebody from the Central Committee. I don't even think anybody in the Central Committee lives in District 4, to be honest. I'm trying to – actually, there's sure. a handful, of them, but no, I don't think they uh, – I don't think it's going to be anybody from the Central Committee. um So, yeah, no, I think, okay. you know, it's – I heard Billy Shrew going to run against Ron Young. Is that true? No, no. I You know, I've heard that too. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, okay. I don't think that – I don't think Billy Shrew going to be running against anybody – in, in the city, you got to remember district three is a heavy Democrat district. And so you're not going to see, you know, the type of person that's going to succeed in district three as a Republican is going to be somebody that's, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're pro business, um, you know, cut extraneous regulations type guy. Um, you're not going to see somebody running in there that's, uh, you know, there is such a thing as bad publicity and, uh, sure. you know, um, Billy Shreve is somebody who's had some bad publicity around him. And so yeah. I don't think that you're not going to see somebody like him running. You're going to see you're going to see another uh, like a mini Larry Hogan running in that district. Well, the official maps will come out in April, so don't worry um, for for who's running in that district. And of course, this year, Eric, we have we have an
0: opportunity to to, to dedicate a minor detail to following the Frederick County Alderman race. I think that's going to be a big Frederick City. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Frederick City Alderman race. So that'll be, and the 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 mayor's up, and there's going to be some candidates I would imagine who come out and run for alderman. Now I saw something with Hayden Duke. I mean, he's maybe his dog will run because he's in a lot of the pictures.
1: <laughs> um, yes, we we're. I, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody because you know you can put whatever name you want on the ballot, right? Like, yeah. so his dog's name's Uzi. So I was actually, I, I think I was thinking about doing a change.org petition um, to, to tell Hayden Duke to run as Hayden quote Uzi Duke um, for his, for running for alderman. Cause everybody goes Uzi. Look like, everybody he, Hayden easy. even has, Hayden has, has, has copycats. I was in downtown Frederick uh, like last week and I saw somebody with a, with a little baby puppy chow. Okay, we're running around downtown Frederick, and the dog was so cute, like it's just this bill like furball and I was like that's a that's I guarantee you that guy knew knows Uzi. and that and so he yeah. went out and got a check
0: well so. is hayden running i heard I heard he might he might do I heard, something.
1: i well i the first round of announcements have just started hitting in Frederick. I don't think anybody. That's okay. An, I think everybody this announced is basically a Democrat. Um. And honestly, I, I don't know any of them. Um. You know, it'd be you know, I we do need to see if we can find the Frederick City correspondent to cover some of this. Um. Because I'm not familiar yeah. with them. To be honest, but uh, but yeah, no. We'll if get Katie a, Nash to Katie Nash to,
0: I know that she she ran last time, and I think Katie would be a, a pretty pretty solid person to cover this.
1: I've heard rumors that she's going to run. I've heard rumors. I mean, like basically anybody that lives in Frederick City that's a Republican, because honestly, there's not a lot of people in there um, yeah. that I think you're going to. There, all of the usual suspects will be running. Um, so, oh, I just got a message confirming Hayden Duke will be running for alderman. Um, okay, from an anonymous source. So, oh, there's good. That. Hayden's um, great. I like says. Hayden. Oh, okay. yeah,
0: good. Yeah, I like Hayden too. I he's a he's a really good guy and his always treated kim and i well, pretty well um
1: he was so, one of the very people that actually came out and helped me with my uh, city council race like the people that yeah. actually came out and helped i'd say oh, yeah. were about,
0: great. about 12 he's dedicated people. and yeah. I got, mean, he came out you know you was, always july <laughs> so well what i really admire about hayden is is he's very dedicated to registering people to vote and i gotta tell you he's he helped Ami Hober a lot in her race when, um, when she came out and did the first Saturday or the the event that they do in down in Frederick city, registering people to vote. So good on him. Um, so we're going to wrap up the show here very soon. Um, Eric, uh, we're going to keep this short tonight because there's, <laughs> we want to keep the attention spans. Um, uh, and I know that folks are getting ready to go to bed and they're watching the TV and the, the award shows, but, uh, Anything to add, Eric? What's, um, what else? What else did we miss? Do we miss anything tonight?
1: No I'm, look, I, I think we covered. It. you know let's just uh, you know um, there, there's like I said, there, there will be some up, an upcoming article very shortly um, concerning Brunswick uh, concerning some uh, some pretty dastardly deeds that are happening here in Brunswick City um, and uh, so look for that uh, today or tomorrow. and uh, you know if you're listening to this on Monday on your way home to work or on your way to work, you should be just getting there. So welcome to work. Yeah, Monday's welcome time. to work.
0: Um and I was one other thing in that um in the new year, Eric and I are going to use this radio broadcast and the website to promote issues that we are passionate about, especially liberty issues. We're committed libertarians who believe that um who believe in libertarian philosophy. So um, we're going to try to really focus in on the issues that we are passionate about. Um, we'll mix it in with news and commentary, but I, I think that uh, we're going to do um, features and segments um, upcoming. Like I said, we're going to do a show on bail reform, criminal criminal justice issues. Um, so, Stay tuned. We got a lot of exciting stuff coming up, and Eric and I are going to do our best to, to bring you the news unvarnished, without any fluff, and uh, we're going to make it interesting. And every after, I'm going to work very hard to. After every show, we're going to get this out on podcast, and I'm going to put it out on the web. And you can follow us on minordetail.com, and then you can follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash a minor So, um, happy New Year, everybody. Eric, thanks for Thanks for your time, and as always, um, you can listen to us every Sunday night um, at 9 o'clock p.m. on blogtalkradio.com slash a minor detail. So, Eric, with that, do we have anything else?
1: Nope, I think we're good. Uh, just uh, you know, make sure you uh, um, don't go outside without clothes on because it's like 5 <laughs> degrees out there. Even my dog doesn't like going out right now.
0: No, stay inside and stay warm and bundle up tonight.
1: So yeah. And, and watch that, Daredevil on Netflix.
0: Yeah, I'm going to start watching it. So, All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening tonight. Um, <laughs> Eric's going to go watch episode of Daredevil after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Word. Word. Oh, Eric, And before I mention, yeah. before we do go, Eric, it's always imperative that you plug your show.
1: Oh, yes, of course. So uh, I'm Thor at 4 broadcast on WTHU every Wednesday from 4 to 6. Uh, where I talk about, I have actually managed to go since October, never mentioning the presidential election. And so we're going to be talking about uh, more local issues uh, this Wednesday show. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, the, uh, the data breach and uh, the other happenings around Frederick County. All right. So, so tune with in that, when thanks you can. for
0: listening. Tune in to ThorId 4, and uh, with that, this is a minor detail. I'm Ryan Miner. We are with Eric Beasley. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. So long.